It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody, and uh, welcome to the Upfront program for today. It's uh, Tuesday, February 27th. Last Wednesday, uh, Mayor Chris uh, Beauchamp wasn't able to be with us. He had some uh, things to attend to. He's uh, with us this morning. We'll chat with him in a few seconds. I want to mention uh, who our guest is uh, tomorrow. And uh, you may remember um, that there was a very, uh, I would say, controversial uh, type of uh, sheriff in Bristol County. Bristol County begins right at the uh, Massachusetts line here, North Attleboro, Attleboro, and then goes into uh, East uh, Fall River and New Bedford and so forth. And... um, and there was an election a year ago in uh, the Bristol County, and as a result, uh, the new sheriff came to town, Paul uh, Paul Hero. Hero, it's a French name, and uh, and he's he's going to be our guest tomorrow, and we're going to talk about um, law enforcement and a little bit about how it's organized on a county level. Not so much here in Rhode Island; we have our own individual police departments and so forth but uh, in Bristol County uh, it's a much more uh, shall we say uh, proactive uh, type of uh, job he runs uh, the prisons and um, and uh, we'll talk to him about immigration and uh, how uh, how he handles it and also um, about uh, who uh, who's in charge of um, of policy at prisons and so forth very interesting program uh, not to say that you're not interesting, Mr. Mayor. Okay, thank you. I'm glad I'm interesting to somebody. <laughs> yes. yes. Now, that's tomorrow's show. Today, uh, it's, another, uh, it's another direction. We're very local. Uh, we're, um, we're doing uh, Woonsocket stuff. A lot of our audience, you say uh, they, they live in, in North Smithfield or they live in Lincoln and so forth. And uh, most of them are Woonsocket re, uh, replants. Uh, they, they've moved out. They're still very interested in the city. They have relatives here. And it's surprising how many people find these visits from the local Woonsocket mayor of interest to somebody in Cumberland. But anyway, that's the way it is. And so it's nice to have you here. And uh, we'll talk about a whole bunch of topics. Topic number one, economic development. So um, what I'm driving, uh, uh, driving at there is uh, I understand you... Uh, uh, do you dictate letters or do you just write them yourself? Huh? I, I do not dictate letters. Um, you know, with the planning department and actually Mr. Luber is very good at writing any uh, letters or press releases. He's uh, got a fine touch for that. So we, we talk about things and, you know, my um, outreach coordinator, John Aruma, um, thought about sending out an invitation to Costco. Uh, to possibly look at one socket, and I thought it was a great idea. So we we put a little letter together and stated a bunch of history and facts about the city of one socket and why we think they should take a look at us. And uh, we haven't gotten a response yet, but I thought it was very uh, well timed to do that based on uh, Costco saying no to Warwick and I think Cranston possibly or one of those two. And uh, so we'll see what happens. I mean doesn't hurt to have conversations so let's say they responded um what sites could you uh recommend uh, 
to them. Uh, I know that some of them are pri- maybe privately owned, but uh, generally speaking, you must have had something in mind. Well, first first comes to mind is Walnut Hill Plaza. Obviously, there was a supermarket there uh, years ago. Uh, I think the Sears building is going up for sale um, as we speak. So, I mean, that would be my first, even though that's all privately uh, held. Um, you know, that location is could um, fit their footprint, if you will, with parking, size buildings. Um, there's not... The other, the other problem is, and as you talk to these companies or hear about them, they, they want to be near highway access, obviously. Anything near Route 99 would be, would be good. Something in Highland Industrial Park, if we had room up there. There's a couple of buildings up there, but I don't think that would uh, fit with the covenants that are up there, so forth and so on. So, you know, Walnut Hill, Diamond Hill Plaza also, uh, that's our first look. Um, and we go from there. You mentioned, um, I don't mean to pick up on this, but I am. Uh, you mentioned the Sears building possibly going up to sale. Does that mean that they would divide part of Walnut Hill Plaza and sell the Sears building off separately? Or did you mean the it, plaza? The, well, the building itself, they could subdivide that, that, that portion itself. Um, but they're looking to get somebody in that building. Um, I have not seen that building since it was Sears. I'd like to go visit it and look at it also. Um, you know, we had a meeting, uh, we're talking about markets and potential businesses. We had a meeting with a group from Boston on Friday at the last minute, another market type distributor coming to the old righty on, so- on social street, 200 social street. Very, very interested. We, they met, the owners came down, people from Boston, me and Mike Dembrois met them at four o'clock on Friday at the site. Um, I hope uh, we can get this penciled in, but I'm keeping my fingers crossed that this is going to get over the finish line for that particular location. Not to jeopardize that at all, but what general, is it, is it a food possible yeah. type of it's, it's operation? A, it's a, a 10,000 square foot market. They have one in Cranston, one in Pawtucket, I don't know how many in the Boston area. And, you know, uh, produce, meat, uh, similar to what we were going to get before. Mm -hmm. I don't know the name of it. They did not disclose it. But they're well established in the Northeast. And uh, they like the location. They liked uh, where it was, um, the demographics here. They thought being near a high rise and uh, people being able to have foot traffic to come to them, I think was all uh, favorable. And uh, I'm encouraged by their reception coming down here and, the last minute knew it was available and they came right away to look at it supermarkets come in different and, and various sizes you know you look at uh, the walmart thing and that's like a huge operation within walmart and then you've got stop and shop and and then you see one step down the aldi's and um i step into an aldi's and even though it's not as big as some of the others Man, they can pack a lot of merchandise in, in, a, in a small amount of space. They, they do. And, um, you know, those, those are great that we have them close to us. Uh, but I think this smaller market, the 10,000 square foot size and smaller, and not to take away from what Little General and all the other markets, smaller convenience stores do for us, but this would offer more you know, fresh produce and more stuff to that nature where you would get that at a bigger market. But uh, I think this is at a, a reduced price and more hands-on, more 
uh, family-owned type stuff, markets, if you will, similar to what we had when Park and Shop was over the line over in Blackstone. <laughs> yes, that's exactly the one I was going to close out this conversation with. Uh, yep. That was um, one of my favorites, and and my attraction to it was smallness and uh, and able to uh, you know get a quick parking space, not have to walk a mile to get in into the place. All right, good luck on that. Uh, Thank you. We are doing the F1 program. We have the mayor. Uh, at our invitation, we uh, reached out uh, to uh, his office, and uh, he was able to uh, fit us into the schedule today. So we are chatting with him, and we're talking about various issues. If you have a question <coughs> or a topic you'd like us to bring up, please um, you know, let us know about it, and uh, we will be more than happy to, uh, to introduce it to the mayor. And um, so here's a story I save. Uh, I've been saving for a long time. I got it right here. And um, I don't really know. Uh, it's probably better uh, directed to uh, Mike DeBrice, but you're here, so we'll, we'll give it a shot. I'm sure it sometimes comes up. And the story is the middle school. A Boston-based real estate company called the Goldman Group announced that it recently acquired the former Woonsocket Middle School with plans to redevelop it into market-rate apartments. Now, this story that I'm reading... Uh, is um, 18 months old. And uh, so 18 months later, the building is still standing. I know that when Mr. DeBrice was here, um, there was a little bit of a, a standstill on the project. Have you been updated on it? I have. Th- there is a little bit more momentum, if you will. Um, the owner and his representation, lawyers and so forth and so on, uh, are drawing up... Um, some conceptual drawings to what they want to build there. Um, they've pivoted a little bit, but not much. One of the issues there has been from the start is parking. Mm. Uh, I think we can afford you know, 100 parking spots, give or take, without taking uh, adjacent properties. There was talk of a parking garage. There was talk of you know buying some houses. So uh, Mike had met with them, I believe, last week with a phone call to kind of, kind of get an update because I was wondering that myself because it's been dormant for a while and you haven't heard a lot. But it looks like they're uh, getting a, a bit more serious about what they want to do and coming forward with plans. And, well, any information I get in the near future, I will I will provide to the uh, citizens of Wintaukee. And uh, it's one of those projects that's out of vision. You know, uh, uh, I mean, I'm always around it, whether I'm on Cumberland Street or whether I'm on uh, Hamlet Avenue or uh, on uh, on wh- whatever street it is, I know it's there. But um, you know, you don't get a chance to drive into the area and actually see the condition of the building. But uh, I keep it as a little note here in the studio because, in looking at the original uh, news story, they wanted to do a luxury mixed use uh, complex and all kinds of different things. But I guess as uh, time goes on, expenses go up, uh, supply uh, supplies uh, cost more money. Sometimes you have to uh, refabricate the whole thing, right? Yeah, and, you know, there's, there's still, I think, some issues with the historic tax credits and what they have to do there to, to be able to um, get those tax credits. You have to keep things historical, if you will. Parts of that building, you can't uh, just demo and do something that you want to do if it wasn't on the tax rolls as a historic building. Mm-hmm. So there, there's some hoops to, to go through. 
I hope they uh, follow through with this because it would be a shame to let that linger for another year, two years, whatever. Um, when we thought there was hope when it was originally bought uh, a year and a half ago. City Council uh, meets uh, last night, um, and uh, they, they have like two two conflicting resolutions uh, out there. I don't know if they're resolutions or what. Anyway, locating the animal shelter, either on Manville Road at the old, uh, the old water treatment plant, which is now a vacant lot, or an existing building that you might have to add on to. Um, so... Do you know, uh, I mean, if you were a council member, when you were just a few, did you realize you were a council member just a few months ago? I was, yes. <laughs> do you remember yes. that? Sometimes I wish I still was. <laughs> yes, I but bet no. you do. Anyway, why two, uh, two conflicting uh, resolutions? Is there, is there a disagreement or just like we can't make our minds up yet? Well, uh, um, they did vote on it last night, and I can tell you they, they did pick Manville Hill Road to be the next uh, animal shelter. And I was in favor of that, although I did not attend the meeting last night. I had some other uh, family business to attend to. Um, but they had those two resolutions because initially uh, the former mayor, Councilman McGee, thought River's Edge would be a good um, place for the animal shelter. And at first I, I kind of agreed with that. But then when the architect came in, looked at that existing building concession stand at River's Edge... Thought it would be too small, problematic to, you know, build onto it. Uh, it just seemed like it would be more money to kind of <clears throat> rebuild that that little complex there. And I think the council voted. I know the council voted to go to the old uh, water treatment plant, which will be demolished hopefully by the end of uh, early May. Um, and it'll be ready for somebody to get in and. Start bidding on uh, building a new animal shelter there on Manville Road. Where's the money coming from? Opera. Mm-hmm. What have you have allocated? allocated One point five million. That ought to be a nice animal shelter, right? Yeah. yeah. And you know, there was conversation back and forth. There, there are some residents, you know, across from the old water treatment plant on Manville Hill Road. Few houses there, but this will be built back a little bit. I think there's enough room there. You got the bike path. I think. Um, you know, be secluded somewhat behind the pump station that's there. And so I think it's a good place for it. Um, we don't have any issues with DEM as far as building that there from what I've been told. So I think it's a good location. Uh, the ground will be leveled and ready to go and we'll keep rivers as, as it is. Okay. And what would you... Uh characterize River's Edge as it is right now? What, what kind well, of a... It, it is a soccer complex. There's still the soccer fields there. Um, we do have the uh, dog park there, which is very much used in the nice weather and when it's, uh, it's um, going to be open again. Um, you know, you got the, uh, the bike path that goes through there. Um, I would like to see more use out of that. Maybe we can get that concession stand back up and running when you know, from May till September or something and have somebody get in there to provide, you know, drinks and snacks and stuff like that. Uh, that's a possibility. Um, so it is a complex that I think gets used, but maybe not enough in my opinion. And maybe we can promote that a little bit better. And I'll reach out to my outreach coordinator, John, and see if we can think of some ideas because he's very good at uh, thinking outside the box. Now, this John guy you're referring to, is he the, the one that we had uh, here in the studio from the planning uh, department? Correct. Correct. 
right. So he put the presentation on at the city council a couple of weeks ago about, you know, how do we get Main Street more vibrant, more uh, conducive to people coming there. And, you know, he had different ideas about, you know, a little French Quarter and uh, new new facades, new lighting, all that stuff. And I think he had some great ideas. And we're going to continue forward with uh, appropriating some money from that, from the budget. We have some money to look at some of that stuff. And I think it's a very worthwhile endeavor to continue. The John we're talking about, uh, his uh, last name is uh, Omada. Correct. And um, his um, his title is... Business Growth and Recovery Administrator uh, for the City of Woonsocket. He was here along with, um, uh, let me see, uh, she was here also uh, that day. I can't remember her name. Uh, well, I got it right here, Roger. Emily Emily, uh, em- Emily uh, Haining Sheehan. Yes. But anyway, he um, he talked a little bit about uh, his uh, his job. Um, and, and so now, <clears throat> even though there's a debate as to where the money is going to come from, uh, whether it should be CDBG funds or or uh, whether it's already budgeted. We're talking about um, Tour One Socket, I think. And um, um, uh, So is he developing uh, a, a plan to, uh, you know, bring people here? And, and $25,000 doesn't sound like a lot of money to do it. it it's not. Um, we do have, you know, opera money, and we do have a little bit of money in the general fund to do uh, exactly what you're saying. Um, but again, you, you got to spend some money, and I'm talking some real money, to attract people. And, you know, I said this last time I was here, when I sit in my office and look outside the graffiti on the building next door, the old hospital trust building, it really gets my juices going, if you will. So I, I, I reach out to the planning department, where are we at with that building, the Longley building, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they are... Every day, Emily is great. She gives me a report every day about who she visited, who she talked to, who responded favorably or not favorably. Um, and I'm telling you, they, they reach out to people every single day. We don't wait for people to call us. The planning department is reaching out every day to try to better Woonsocket, and especially uh, Main Street. I did have a meeting earlier this week with the owner of the Longley Building. Uh, they just put a new roof on it. So there is activity there, which I think that will go on the market shortly. And we have an individual, a couple of individuals that are interested in buying both the Longley Building and the Hospital Trust Building. So I'm encouraged by the amount of uh, interest in the city of Woonsocket, especially on Main Street area. So that Longley Building owner puts a new roof on it to get it better prepared and make it more attractive for resale. Correct. To market it and, you know... um, I think uh, they've cleaned out some of it, and, you know, there was a couple of weeks ago another developer was in there looking at it, the um, company that's doing the old Sacred Heart conversion. So there's a lot of interest, and I am, I am um, very much encouraged by the interest that is not just tire-kicking interest. It's serious interest. People with money, people that have done projects uh, and have the experience to pull off the projects we're talking about. We're doing the Upfront program, and we have uh, the mayor in studio with us. And um, over the weekend, I had some time uh, spent with uh, Larry Poitras. We went on, we, uh, went on a train trip, is nice. what we did. Anyway, nice. so w- what we were talking about, though, as it relates to tour, uh, Woonsocket, is that um, 
John and his uh, his staff in the planning department already have a head start. And when and what we were saying is that um, in in December, for instance, when the Stadium Theater has a program going on, and <clears throat> John Chan has an event in his room, and the Polar Express is going on. And Ciro's is like crazy because of all, all that uh, activity there. If you drive, I remember driving one through uh, one time in December of, uh, I guess, last year. And um, I was stuck in traffic for about 15 minutes um, on Main Street. So we already have some built-in attractions. And uh, I think that um, maybe John can s- start right there. I mean, most cities, when you think of it, they don't even have anything close to that. No. And, and you're, you're 100% right, and I'm, I'm glad you were with Larry. I hope he's doing better. He's doing good. Yeah. He had a good time. You see him? Tell him I was asking for him. I will. Um, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And <clears throat> I think, excuse me, mm-hmm. I think what I just talked about with the uh, Longley Building Hospital Trust, you'll see activity at the old Call Building, the old Kornstein's Building. I mean, this will generate... Not only business and uh, foot traffic for Main Street, which we definitely need. So, you know, I've been to the stadium the last uh, month or so, two or three times, a couple of months. And really, if you don't get there really, parking parking could be an issue, but that's a good problem, (laughs) right? Right. Uh, For years, we said, you know... We, parking was an issue, and now we've done over lots. We've put up signage to designate parking. I mean, we've come a long way. We still have a ways to go. And you're right. Woonsocket has a lot to offer. And if you continue that walk past Chance, past Main, uh, City Hall, once these buildings are developed into the Monument Square where Yield English is and River Falls, Christopher's, Museum of Work and Culture... Uh, NeighborWorks is converting their mills into housing. I mean, it's it's getting to be much more vibrant, and I think it's a good good success story for the future in Woonsocket. All right, John, in, uh, in planning, you've got a head start. Now, when we come back from the break, here's the question I'm not going to ask you, and then the question I will ask you. I will not ask you if you're running for mayor. I asked you that last time, and you, you said uh, at an appropriate time, You'll comment on it. So that's not the question when we come back. The question is, uh, have you met recently with the school superintendent? Yes. All right, we'll get a report on that when we return. Yeah! From your roof to siding to exterior windows or remodeling your kitchen or bathroom interior, there's a company you should know about locally from Blackstone, and that's Walsh Builders. You shouldn't have to move to get your home of your dreams. Just reimagine your home and turn to Walsh Builders for kitchen remodeling, bathroom remodeling, decks, household additions, and we'll even build a new house for you. Walsh Builders offers quality work from experience professionals. Licensed and insured. Call for a free estimate. Call 508-498-4551 any day of the week. Walsh Builders. Over 15 years experience. Wise Guys Deli just added a patisserie and assorted dessert section that's made fresh. Need a birthday cake or special dessert? Then you need to stop in. Call three days before your event for cakes and custom cupcakes. Offering waffles, pancakes on a stick, assorted magnolia desserts, tartlets, macaroons, fresh donuts, chocolate mousse, strawberry pudding, banana pudding, delicious fudgy brownies, soufflés, milkshakes, and ice cream. Cheesecakes and pies will be coming soon. 
soon. You need to place an order or questions, call 401-488-4309. Stop in today and enjoy 14 Bound Road. The Wise Guys Patisserie is waiting for you. If you are looking to create real and lasting systemic change, our mobile crisis team will be at the front lines, reshaping and redesigning how we respond to people in crisis. My name is Katie Anderson. I'm the Vice President of Acute Services for Community Care Alliance. I love working with this team. We are looking for individuals with a diversity of lived experience and educational and professional backgrounds. Please join us. Apply today. Visit communitycareri.org careers. Well, thank you. And uh, before we uh, reconvene our discussion with uh, Mayor Chris uh, Beauchamp, I want to tell you about uh, Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Today is Tuesday. A couple of things I want to mention. Number one, if you go between uh, 4 and 5.30, you can enjoy the uh, dine-in only early bird special. And I'll tell you, for eleven ninety nine, this uh, pasta bolognese, uh, uh, we love bolognese, and they do it great at Savini's Pomodoro. And it's available as part of the eleven ninety nine early bird dinner specials. And uh, that's served on Tuesday through Friday between 4 and 5.30. So if you, uh, and, and then when you order the, the, the pasta bolognese, then you order from uh, suggested sides. I always... Ask for roasted potatoes extra well done. I just love those. Anyway, that's number one. Number two I want to mention about Savini's is that on Tuesdays in the evening after 6 o'clock, when you go in for dinner, let's say you have a nice eggplant parmesan dinner, which is my favorite with that beautiful marinara sauce all over it. Bottle of wine, half price. That's right. So if you find a $30 bottle of uh, uh, let's say uh, Malbec or uh, or uh, a uh, a nice um, Zinfandel, thirty dollar bottle of wine, fifteen dollars every Tuesday night, half price from the wine list, and then the great menu itself. We are Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. We're here in Woonsocket. We'll be open at four o'clock this afternoon for your dining convenience, starting with the early bird special. Listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. How you doing, Mr. Mayor, over there? You all right? I'm very good. Good. Uh, all right. Before we're uh, somebody called in about uh, pickleball. Uh, whether we're going to do any pickleball courts? Are going to do any kind of courts uh, here in Woonsocket? Well, I don't. I don't think there's anything on the drawing board right now for pickleball courts. I know they're very popular. I know that's the, the new thing. So we will discuss it possibly in the athletic complex at some point down the road if if we think uh, we can find some space for them. And uh, maybe where the old tennis courts were at Caspark, who knows? We can, we can have a discussion about it. Mm-hmm. Any other courts under discussion? Um, no, but I, I will give you a little update about Caspark. Um, All right. We did meet with the architect, uh, me, public works director, engineer from the city of Woonsocket. They will have the 60% plans, drawings probably done within a week or two. And then I will meet with the school committee and the athletic complex, athletic director from um, Woonsocket Education Department, get their input on the plans if they want to amend 
if they want to, you know, change anything. We also are going to get their input about the community uh, building that we're building on the athletic complex. To get, they went out and looked at uh, various other uh, athletic buildings in different uh, cities and towns, and they got some input on square footage and what should be in the building and that type of stuff. So we'll be meeting, I hopefully next week, and uh, I want their input to uh, continue uh, moving this forward. Somebody was uh, mentioning to me uh, that uh, when you get the, the mayor in to comment, <clears throat> this is not me commenting, but they are saying, with that uh, building at Cass Park, would that be um, suitable based on American Rescue Fund guidelines uh, and activities uh, at the senior center, which are somewhat uh, quiet these days, would that be uh, a good place to work in the senior center, too? I, I believe that it will be, and we're not using American Rescue Funds for that. We do have a $5.1 million, $5.5 million grant. From the state? From the state, uh, federal. Yeah, money. which came from the feds. From right. the feds. But it's not American Rescue money. It, it's not. Okay. Um, but American Rescue money is used for the complex besides that building. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I mean, I think that building is going to encompass some of the activities that go on at various other places. And, you know, I hope that someday, whether I'm the mayor or not, that we get a new senior center somewhere to where it's uh, more open space, more green space, more uh, amendable to people going out and as opposed to just, you know, being in a building and, you know, it's great for the years that it's been where it is, but um, in the future, we need a new senior center. All right, we'll talk about education in a second. We have an email. Good morning, guys. I think it would be a good idea to build the animal shelter by the bike path and make it available where people are able to take their dogs out for a walk. Therefore, the dogs can be socialized and not just kept in cages all the time. There is an animal shelter in Cumberland that is by the bike path, and that is what they do. Just my two cents. Have a good day, guys. Thank you. Email. I agree with that two cents. All right. Now it's time for education. And it's time for reflecting on the comments made by the superintendent of schools. He was upset. So we're going to divide this question into a couple of components. Uh, number one, um, maybe he was uh, strong on his viewpoints. Number two, did he have a point? Let's go to number one first. Yeah, I, I, I called uh, Pat McGee, and I have a good relationship with him. I called the super, I called the chairman of the school committee, too, last week after I read the paper. Because I, initially I was upset, right? You see those comments? It just puts a negative light on Woonsocket again. I think some of it was taken a little bit out of context, because I did talk and sat down with the superintendent yesterday. We had a very nice um, talk. He, he, he knows where I'm coming from. I know where he's coming from. I think his comments initially, I thought, were directed towards Rise uh, and directed towards the city of Woonsocket, but they were directed towards Ride um, Education Department and at the state level. And I get where he's coming from. But being that, you know, I'm uh, the chairman of the mayoral academy, if you will, being the mayor, um, we had a frank discussion, and we will continue to have dialogue. And I, and I told uh, the superintendent, as, as a mayor, city council, school committee people, um, superintendent of schools, we're all in this together. We should be sitting down at the table discussing what works 
not only for Woonsocket Education Department, but works for every student in every school in the city of Woonsocket. And that's what I'm about. I mean, Rice Prep has 17% uh, received special education at Rice Prep. They have, I think, close to 20, 21% of absentee rate at Rice Prep. You know, people don't know that. They think it's just, you know, it's the cream of the crop, I hear. And, you know, it's not a lottery system. It's school by chance, not choice. Um, that's that's not true. They have the same problems that the Woonsocket Education Department has in their schools, just on a, more, a smaller scale, obviously. And Patrick acknowledged that. I said, listen, as the mayor and as uh, a leader at Rise Prep, we can work together. Best practices, what works for us may help you. What you do well will help us. And we're going to have that conversation. So I was, just, I was just a little upset about the comments in the paper. And I get it. You, you get heated because, you know, you're going to lose money. But again, if Rice Prep closed tomorrow, and I said this to the superintendent, and those 450 kids or 500 kids that are there now, they wouldn't all go to Woonsocket High School or elementary schools. Some may go to Mount. Some may go wherever. But Beacon Charter, Founders Academy. Um, so I think school choice, and he said this to me, he has no problem with school choice. And I just think we need to just stop pointing fingers at each other and try to figure out how we can uh, come to agreement and help each other. Because educating the kids is the most important thing. So you're not a professional educator, and neither am I. However, uh, let's take this debate out of Woonsocket for a second and uh, bring it to Brockton and bring it to Tolman High School in, in Pawtucket. Because uh, when you dig deeper into the Brockton story, uh, the uh, school committee blames the depletion of students at Brockton High School for charter schools in the area. And when you look at the... Uh, American Federation of Teachers, uh, AFL-CIO in Pawtucket, uh, they blame the uh, chaos. That's what they described in that Valley Breeze story. I think you read it right, because you seem to be nodding your head. The chaos um, uh, at, the, at the high school, not only at uh, Tolman, but uh, at the other high school, um, as um, uh, one of the problems is that uh, they've had their, uh, their student body depleted by charter schools in Pawtucket. So I took the debate out of Woonsocket. So what about the whole issue, though you're not a professional educator, of, um, of, taking, uh, of, of shrinking the population of the public school system and, uh, and then the resulting um, situation that you might uh, relate to Brockton and Pawtucket? Yeah, well, you know, as the superintendent told me yesterday, they have issues at the education department that we don't have at our charter schools. Uh, there's, there's gangs, there's a lot of bullying, there's fights, right? And I get it. But when we talked, I said, listen, I understand this world's a lot different now than when I was being educated and when Patrick was being educated, where teachers were allowed to do uh, much more discipline than they probably can do today. Uh, and that's unfortunate, but that's the reality where we live in. But again, People choose to go where they want with their kids based on education, based on being safe, based on a whole variable of reasons. And if we just said all we have is one choice, I don't think that's the best thing to do. 
So, you know, I and I said this example. I'm one of eight kids. We went all over. Two of my sisters went to Woonsocket. I went to Mount. A brother went to LaSalle. A brother went to Hendrickin. Another sister went to Bishop Fian. I mean, we went to where we fit in, to where our friends were. And we all got very good educations, including Woonsocket, where my two sisters went. Because teachers are involved. Teachers, and that's the other thing we talked about, parent engagement. And that's a big, big problem. And it's a problem at Rice Prep. Uh, they have... Uh, at Rice Prep, they do online uh, intervention with parents till 7 p.m. every night. Now, I think that's a great idea, but I don't know if that would work at the Woonsocket Education Department because the union would probably say, you know, they have to be paid if they're going to be online till 7 o'clock at night. It's just a different way of doing things that work for different uh, school locales. So, again, I want to make sure we have a conversation and we don't finger point, we don't, you know, get into us against them because that's not what, it, what it's about. Uh, do you have any earphones there uh, to take a call uh, and then see if you can hear anything in it? Do you hear anything? I'm good. Testing one, two, three. That sound all right? Very good. <laughs> all right. Let me bring the volume up. Uh, what would you like to uh, discuss with the mayor? Good morning, Mr. Mayor. When I grew up, there was parochial school, there was private school, and our parents paid more for us to go to that, which if you want a, a, a Princeton education, you pay more than you do for CCRI. So that being said, we have a lot of special needs and problem children in the public schools. Brockton is showing what's going on there, too. Brockton is, there's national God there. All that being said, what is your comment on the dozen kids that are being transported every day at our city expense from out of state with ankle monitors on? Thank you. Thank you. Thank know you. anything about that? I, I don't, but, you know, I do know. That, you know, you, you talk about the money files the kid, right? And I get it. We have behavioral problems uh, at the education department. And we have behavioral kids at Rice Prep. And I'm sure there's some issues at Mount St. Charles and everywhere else. Not to the same extent, obviously. But, you know, I said to uh, Patrick, I said, listen, I know there are kids that come out of district into the vocational school. And, you know, that money follows those kids from Cumberland, Boroughville, wherever they come from. And they want to go to a vocational school because that's what they, their interests are. And we should not penalize anybody for sending their kids where they think they'll fit in and get an education. And that's my point. I mean, it's just different times now. Uh, I went to Mount St. Charles, and I, believe me, it was all brothers. And when I was there, it was no females, just males and the brothers took care of business, if you will. And unfortunately, uh, they, they can't do that nowadays. They, they discipline you, and you were, you were taught that you were there to learn. And if you screwed around, there were consequences for it. Nowadays, uh, the teachers have a very, very difficult time. Uh, teachers get beat up. Teachers get uh, sweared at. It's just a bad situation. And I get that. But we gotta we got to come together to figure out how to do this better. And if we just keep doing the same thing and thinking throwing money at it is going to solve it, it doesn't. 
Um, and that's that's the conversation Patrick and I had yesterday. And we end and we had a very good conversation. It wasn't me against him or him against me. And I appreciate him taking the time with me. Now, uh, back to the last caller, uh, a little bit about uh, maybe what she was talking about. Out of district students, since I've been doing this program longer than I care to admit, every school committee chairman that has uh, been here, or every superintendent, uh, talked about out of district. This is a kid who lives in Woonsocket, and it might be special need, special ed. We can't accommodate that particular need and we have to put him in a on a bus or put him in a special vehicle and send him out but some of these kids have been in trouble and that's where the ankle bracelets come in mm-hmm. but we still have a responsibility there's nothing we can do about it it is part of the Woonsocket Education Department's mandate state and federal to educate these kids and so off they go to another special school Hey, example is one in Harmony. Harmony Hill mm-hmm. is uh, one of the places uh, that they could go to. So does it exist? Yes. So it, is it a big secret? Not really. And it's very expensive, too. Oh, extremely expensive. And I, and I understand that. But yeah. I think until they're 18, they, they have to educate them and put them wherever they have to go to, to get that education. Okay. We have some more callers. Uh, I believe this one came in first. And... Uh, your comment, please. Yes. I, I understand education. I was in that field yeah. for over 42 years. Yeah. My first job was at the ACI. All right, question. We have to prepare the teachers for today's society. Mm-hmm. We throw them in there, and they're not from a background that knows. I think we should change curriculum at a college level to um, prepare these teachers for it. And, you know, when I get a, the superintendent in and I'll ask the uh, chairman of the school committee to come by the radio station, we'll talk about education. Uh, today, uh, I would have to say that Mr. Beauchamp and Mr. Bouchard are not qualified to talk on this topic. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about teacher preparation in another program. Hello there. Welcome to the program. Yes. Hello. Going once. Good, good morning. Good morning. Sorry about that. Yep. Um, Chris, yeah, I echo your concern. I also was blessed to go to um, private um, institutions. Um, but there just seems to be some kind of, like, disconnect right now between the need and the ability to provide. Do you find that as well? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I do. And, you know, you know, I use the example of myself. When, when I went to Mount St. Charles, it was $600 a year. Back then, when you had a family of eight kids, that was a lot of money. I had to pay half. So, you know, we we had to do what we had. Uh, My father said, you want to go somewhere? You're going to contribute. And, you know, the conversation I had with the superintendent yesterday, he brought up a point, which I didn't know. Every other Monday, he meets in his office about whatever has happened with disciplinary actions, whether it's a fight Whatever happened with those those kids and they and the individual student and their parents come into his office and they sit down and they kind of discuss what happened, why it happened, how we can prevent it in the future. Better him than me on that one. And you know, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. I mean, when when we were in school, I mean you went to the principal's office, they figured it out, you got home, your parents knew about what happened, and that was kind of the end of it, hopefully. Nowadays, 
you know, the kids, and you know, the technology, this, the, the phones, kids have all these apps and all the, this technology available to them. And, you know, having phones in the school sometimes, not, not sometimes, is a distraction. We didn't have any of this technology where, you know, look at this person said about me and how come Facebook, they're saying this about me. And it just, it just expands and gets crazy. So it's a difficult task. I don't envy any teachers right now. It's a very hard profession. Obviously, they don't get paid big bucks. My wife was a TA in Winsaka for 20-something years. She loved her job, but it got difficult. All right. We'll take another call here. Uh, your question for the mayor, please. I'm sorry. It was, mis- it was misunderstood. <clears throat> the kids are coming in from Massachusetts with ankle bracelets. Okay. We'll check with the school department next time we have them on the program. Okay. I appreciate that. And um, we'll... Um, now go to another question with uh, Mayor Chris Beauchamp. He's in here, and we're talking about uh, city issues. You gave us uh, an update on um, what's going Well, I, I guess we have another call, so we'll hold the question. And uh, because callers, I mean, it's a talk show, so my job is to get the callers on. Hello, what would you like to comment on? Oscar? Uh, am I on? Yes, you are. Go ahead. Quick. Okay. Very quickly. Hi, Chris. Um, I'm, I was so happy to hear you mention the cell phone thing. You know, there's an old saying, which I don't particularly care for, how do you need an elephant to bite at a time? Maybe you have to work on one thing at a time. Instead of trying to put uniforms in, which they tried to do when I was teaching, it was a disaster. Maybe one one thing. And... Let's keep the cell phones. I was attacked for suggesting that we shouldn't let the kids use their cell phones. All right, so let's, now, uh, let's stop the discussion for a second. This discussion is perfect for Patrick McGee and for uh, the school uh, committee chair. So the only thing I'm going to ask Mr. Uh, Beauchamp is uh, would you support in the school department, a ban on cell phones. I, 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 there you go. I, I, I thank you. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. No problem. I would. Actually, when I was on the city council, I thought it was inappropriate to have cell phones at a city council meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are texting, and I've been guilty of it, too, but I try not to because somebody's at the microphone talking, and you're it's on your text. Impolite, huh? It's, it's like you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's... It's just, uh, they're everywhere. We, we can't do without them. There, there are days where I forget my cell phone at home. It's the best two hours of my day. <laughs> I don't have a phone. <laughs> All right. And um, we're overdue. We'll, uh, we'll schedule a meeting with uh, the superintendent and, and, the, uh, and the chairman of the school committee. However, I have to say that we talk about that every time they're here. We talk about that topic. Easier said than done. Just like re, uh, economic development, right? It's easier right. said than done, but you got to continue yeah, to have the right. conversations and figure out where you can correct things, where you can. Right. We talked about the middle school, the Park Place, the Longley Building, the former Hospital Trust. They're all there. Uh, looks like, gee, you should do something real quick about it. Doesn't happen that quickly. Hello there. Hello. Good, mo- good morning. My only comment is people always talk about everybody's rights. The kids have a right to their education. Mm. Parents have rights. Along with that is the flip side, which to me is more important and more basic, and that is responsibilities, your personal responsibilities. 
parents need to raise their kids with self-control. But if parents themselves don't have the self-control, it'll never work. But I think it all boils down to personal responsibility and then the city's responsibilities to educate those kids. Thank you. This is a mayoral question. Why? Because even though she was talking about schools, we're talking about personal responsibility uh, in acting at a city council meeting, personal responsibility in uh, going to the supermarket, um, and personal responsibility on the roadways. I guess because you do travel uh, 295 and stuff like that. Um, I was listening to another radio station, a bad bad thing, but um, they were talking about the craziness of 100-mile-an-hour people on on the highways, uh, have you uh, uh, noticed that? It, it it's just uh, it's everywhere, and, and we're know, the state police right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's everywhere, and it's about accountability. As that woman said, she's one hundred percent right. It starts starts at home, obviously, mm-hmm. and you know, parents have to take the responsible and be accountable how they you know teach their kids, and hopefully, they're teaching them the right ways with morals and responsibility actions uh you know whatever actions you do there's responsible there's there's a consequence for it right good or bad and you know it just it just it just infuriates me sometimes you know i was at church sunday and uh father sweet was talking about sitting at a red light he had the green light and people just flying through the red light like he if he didn't stop somebody would and he said where are the cops you know and he used that analogy to say this is this is what goes on every day. People disregard the, the laws. People disregard or no respect for other human beings. And it's very unfortunate. I, uh, I wasn't brought up that way, and I know a lot of people weren't. So I just try to do what I can every day to be the best I can. We're done. Uh, a mayoral minute, meaning uh, anything you want to talk about that uh, you'd like to mention? Well, real quick, I, uh, the governor and I are proposing... Something that will help the education athletic department at the uh, Woonsocket High School. I had proposed that we do a fundraiser foul shooting contest between the governor and myself. Uh, we're both basketball guys from 40 years together playing. Uh, I think it'll be a great idea to get the governor to the Woonsocket High School and meet the kids and interact with the kids, mm. but on a fun way. We're going to raise some funds, hopefully, for the uh, women and men's basketball teams. And uh, I'm putting that together, and there will be more announcements about it. All right. Good luck. Who's going to win that? I think I will win. I think you will, too. All right. He's out of (laughs) practice. Thank you for being with us. And uh, we will see you tomorrow on the Upfront program. Let's check in with our uh, good friends at, um, let's see, uh, uh, let's see, it's, um, I can't find the commercial. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, we won't check in with those good friends. We'll check in with this good friend. So what's in your appetite? At Grumpy's in South Bellingham, their menu is so expansive, we can satisfy any taste. You may want to try a Grumpy Signature Burger. There are 12 to choose from. And if you like seafood, try our broiled seafood sampler of haddock, scallop, shrimp, lobster, and a stuffed quahog to go along. And you might want to check out a taste of Italy, too, from eggplant, parmesan, spaghetti and meatballs, and many other Italian. Choices. And you may want to try a grumpy sirloin steak, filet mignon, or a Bourbon Street steak tip dinner. All char broiled to your taste perfection. And we have a nightly menu special.
special and also weekend specials. Kitchen open Friday and Saturday till midnight. Restaurant open seven days a week. It's time to make it a Grumpy's experience today. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380 WNRI Woonsocket.